Mediatrix Radio presents Pathways to Rome, a weekly hour-long journey that brings Rome home for you. Father Jeffrey Kirby, along with Gus Kilo and Kathy Kerfoot, take us on an audio tour of the Vatican where every work of art, building, and liturgical event is a unique expression of Christianity. The center of the Catholic faith teaches while it inspires, but there's a lot to learn. So let's join our tour guides for this week's apologetic adventure. Welcome to Pathways to Rome, the show that brings Rome into your living room, into your house. We're here in the studio again with Father Jeff Kirby. Hey, Gus. And we have Kathy Kerfoot as well. Hi, Gus. Welcome back. In our previous broadcast, we spoke about Mary's role in the church. And today we're going to talk about the role of the saints in the body of Christ and also specifically brand new saint, Father Damien of Molokai, canonized October 11th of this year. We're going to talk about the role of the saints. Who are the saints? Why are they important? Do they get in the way of our relationship with Christ? All those good questions, and uh, we'll turn it over to the expert now. Well, actually, Gus, those are good questions, uh, and, and certainly you've given us a tall order for our show today uh, here on Pathways to Rome. And I tell you, the question of the saints is it's just one of those aspects of our belief as, as Catholic Christians that is so misunderstood. So oftentimes people think that by praying to the saints, we are somehow diminishing God's majesty or somehow you know diminishing our relationship with Christ and, and really misunderstand the role of of the saints, these older brothers and sisters in heaven, you know, in life, oftentimes we find ourselves looking for mentors. How do I do something? How do I know what this virtue looks like? We look for people who model these things. And as Christian believers with the fullness of the faith, we look to these older brothers and sisters in the faith. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I just wanted to mention, Father, when you were starting to talk about that, that there was never any issue with prayer to the saints except over the last 300 years. But from the early church on, up until the time of the Reformation, it was just a practice that was occurring every day. Everyday citizens had intercession to the saints. So this is really something new in the last 300 years. And, you know, when we talk about prayer, there are different levels of prayer. And I read about this at one point. You know, why, why, why is there such an issue with prayer to the saints? When we pray to God, there's the prayer of worship. And, of course, we're not giving any worship mm -hmm. to, uh, to, the to the saints. We're giving, I guess, the Greek term is dulia. And, for example, Mary gets hyper dulia, mm -hmm. uh, honor above all the other. But it's not the type of prayer that is, is worship that is that can only be directed to God. But prayer in English, in Old English, I pray thee pass the salt or something like that. It's, it's talking to. So we're, when we say we're praying to the saints, we're talking to them just like you said, older brothers and sisters. They've gone before us, and they're up there rooting for us. And yes. somebody that has already finished the race that we're still exactly. struggling through. And they not only have completed it, but they have been sanctified. So what better example do we have and what better friend in high places do we have than to go to these people that have already achieved the goal that we're still, you know, struggling to finish the race of? And in today's society, when so many people are talking about experts, it seems like everyone's an expert in everything. You know? <laughs> and, and we all want experts. And, and here we are. The, yeah. These saints are, are the experts in holiness and what it means to, to follow Jesus, to be disciples of Christ and so on. That's how you, in, in Jesus' public ministry, uh, we see constantly that Jesus, quoting vast portions of the Old Testament, would refer to God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, mm -hmm. and Joseph, that God would mm -hmm. immediately associate himself even 
gave his identity by identifying himself with certain holy men uh, and later even women in in the Jewish tradition. And I think one of the few times where the Lord Jesus actually gives us a glimpse of heaven is in the story of Lazarus and the rich man. And Jesus shows the rich man praying to Abraham mm -hmm. for yes. help. And Jesus telling the story as this is understood that this is what we do. Uh, certainly in the Jewish tradition and in its fullness, its fulfillment uh, in, in the Christian uh, tradition. And, and that's part of what it means to be a Christian believer, to be a member of the body of Christ, a member of the household of faith. And going along with that, Father, death does not separate us from Christ. It's just, it would be as if I was asking you and Gus to pray for me. You're right here in this room, mm -hmm. but... It's no different from me asking somebody in Europe to pray for me. They're just in a different place. The saints in heaven are just in a different place. And plus, you know, you can ask us here on earth to pray and, you know, we're going to get sleepy and need to, you know, take some rest and all. But the saints, they don't have that, that issue anymore. They can, you ask them, boom, it's they're they're on it right away. And, and another thing I like about the saints is there's, there's a saint to, for everybody's personality. You know, when I left, I had left the faith early in my college years for a little bit. And I returned to the faith when I was actually in Rome. That's why this show is so special to me, because in Rome, I was studying at the University of Dallas and, and we, I had the option of reading the Peloponnesian War or St. Augustine's Confessions. I started reading St. Augustine and I so identified with St. Augustine that he's been my patron saint ever since. His uh, feast day is August 28th. We just had that. And uh, St. Monica. Everybody can, can, uh, can relate to a different saint. You know, and I and I, I read. You know, all, all the saints had different virtues. You know, the one thing they have in common is they all have humility, because nobody gets to heaven without yes. humility. Which is humility is absolute truth. You well, know? and the one funny thing that you mentioned about Saint Augustine is the fact that when my husband came into church, he was deciding who he was going to choose for his saint, and that's who he chose. Mm -hmm. And I yes. asked him why, and he said. We have the same background. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there there are those who uh, who are who. I think Saint Augustine and Saint Jerome were having an argument, and Jerome's like, "How can you be a bishop, given your past life?" And yeah. and, and Augustine replied to him and said. The same grace that has preserved you in, in holiness is the same grace that, that pulled me out of and, and restored me to holiness. Yeah, you know? that's so, exactly it. So I, that's, that's paraphrasing it a bit. But yes, we, we can all we relate. We can relate. <laughs> I, one of my favorite saints, I, I love the early uh, Jesuit missionaries to, to the Americas, yes. uh, St. Jean de Brebeuf and all these, these saints who, you know, the, the Isaac Jogues and all. Boy, you listen to their stories of how they came. Heroism. Oh, man. Yes. I, I'm, I was always attracted to the very heroic missionary types afterwards. And, yeah. and ended up working with Mother Teresa, who was a great missionary. Wow. And uh, hopefully we'll, you know. Well, I remember a few years ago, I was involved in this prayer group. And one of the things we did in this prayer group was we always said the rosary. But then after we finished the rosary, we always read a book called Mothers of the Saints. And mm. this was a mother's prayer group. Our kids were in preschool or daycare or off to elementary school. But just to read the lives of the mothers of the saints and how their vocation was to raise saints. And I, I think today, you know, we're so concerned of 
if I can get my kid to being on his own and not, you know, being in trouble, you know, then I've done well. But they had such a higher goal for their children and so inspirational how they raised all these children and the struggles that they went through. And for us as mothers, it was it was like, uh, well, yeah. we have our work cut out for us. Behind every but, great saint is a great mother. Huh? Oh, certainly. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the truth. St. Monica and St. Augusta, that's, yeah. uh, that's for sure. You know, what I, what I love about this particular part of our faith is, is we see this. In our churches, uh, most of them, we see lives of the lives of the saints in, in statues or stained glass um, because we're reminded that these are members of the family. Just in our homes, we have pictures of our loved ones, grandparents, uncles, aunts, siblings, and so on. In our church homes, we see the pictures of the saints exactly. that are there. You know, yes. These are older brothers and sisters. They're part of our family. For example, in St. Peter's Basilica, one of our mother churches, you enter that square and above the colonnades are oh, statues, oh yeah. just, oh yeah. you know, about 160 statues of, of saints from throughout the world that are there above and, and, and the square kind of symbolizing in its oval shape the universe and the fact that these older brothers and sisters are still there. Mm-hmm. And then when one walks into the basilica, as they're walking through this extensive nave, this central aisle towards the altar, flanked by mm-hmm. just these powerful statues of saints, uh, men and women different religious orders, different spiritualities, different parts of the world, different approaches to God, different ministries or apostolates, yet all of them there. Yes. All of them there. And Catherine, yeah. as we were saying earlier, spurring us on uh, to victory. You know, saying, hey, you can do it. You can do it. You know, I sometimes when, when I have free time, you know, whenever that happens, <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I like to watch game shows sometimes because it, it's kind of fun. But every once in a while, if you, if you mute that, that game show, the crowd, it stinks. It's not a good show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know, like the contestants, are, yeah. they're, they're not very inspiring. But you have that crowd in the back, you know, they're, wow, you can carry them. Yeah, on. absolutely. You know, and it adds so much incitement and drama to, to the experience of, of, of the game show and to watching the game show. And the same way in, in our lives, these, these older brothers and sisters are on the side saying, hey, you can do it. When we hit those difficult moments, I can't forgive this person. I can't do it. We've got our older brothers and sisters praying for us. Say, hey, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember those struggles, mm-hmm. and, and I'm praying for you. You can do this. Yes. You know, what a powerful gift they are to us. So St. Paul says we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, and I like that, the the cheering section. I like that that image. You know, that's a visual that I always think of during Mass. There's one church that I go to in Seneca that has doesn't have stained glass, but it has glass up around the top of the church and it has angels on them. But sometimes when the light is right, you can see the angels on the walls in the church, you know, and during the consecration, I always look around there and I, in my mind, I see all these saints and angels praying with us. And, and, and I think that's important for us too, that cloud of witnesses and just just knowing that we are surrounded and, and visualize it if you have to, you know, to make it real for you, because mm-hmm. it's true. They are there. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, constantly the Pope in, in his teaching, especially with young people, is pointing to the saints. Mm-hmm. Here, here are the examples. Here are the models. Look to the saints. If you not, if you want to know what it looks like to be a Christian, look at the saints. Yes. And because there we see it modeled in, in their good and their bad. They're beautiful and they're ugly. We see in their lives the life of Jesus, the Paschal mystery being lived out in a powerful way, a contemporary way, a way that we can relate to more readily and ourselves understand, oh, that that's how it's done. That's yes. what I'm called to be. Uh, and so even from Rome and from the Holy Father, we're constantly getting this encouragement. Look to the saints. Mm-hmm. Look to the saints. Mm-hmm. I know my own priestly formation in the seminary was encouraged to us. You know, if you're 
having difficulty or things start getting hard or whatever, read the lives of the saints. Exactly. Because it makes the life of Christ, the call of Christian discipleship, so real and so tangible. Mm-hmm. And probably uh, makes what you're going through nothing compared to what they went through. <laughs> well, especially with those North American martyrs. Oh, my goodness. That <laughs> yeah. was described. There's, there's a great uh, audio series uh, that was done on them. It, it's the, uh, the Jesuit Relations is what it was called. Uh, it was the stories that they wrote to their superiors back in France. And it's basically, you know, you know, we did this, we did, we did that. And it, oh, it's brutal. But you realize, you know, they, they, they were willing to die for their faith. And it's so inspiring. I got a couple summers ago uh, when we drove up to New England, we, we decided to swing far wide and go through Orysville, New York. And we saw a place where St. Isaac Jogue was martyred. And they have a, a shrine up there to the North American martyrs. Very, very powerful. Recommend that. It's, it's great to go visit shrines of saints. If you're you know up in Canada, go to Quebec and you can see a beautiful shrine to St. Anne, the, the grandmother of Jesus. So go go visit shrines. And, and it, it's great to when you come to a place and you see the relics of saints, you're like, wow, here's a relic of St. Therese. Here's a relic of, you know, St. Jean Vianney, the patron of this year, the year of the priests, you know, mm-hmm. so. Absolutely. What a powerful, for my priestly retreat, every priest before ordination is required to make a retreat. And so for my retreat, I decided to go actually to Northern Canada. Hmm. I was there with a, a group called Madonna House. Oh, I've they heard of them. A, yes. Yeah, great spirituality. And while I was there, of course, that would have been the path that some of the North American martyrs would have gone through. Mm-hmm. And I can remember being up on a hill. They call it Ascension Hill. And you can just see the valley and, and, and the water and, and so on. It's just beautiful, beautiful image. I thought myself, to myself, Wow, this is what the North American martyrs would have seen. Of course, they're they're called the Canadian martyrs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but, uh, technical okay, difference. Exactly. That's where you, know, you are. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give it to them, you know. But I was standing there, I thought, wow. And, and of course, as I'm standing there, the black flies are biting and, and, mm-hmm. and the, the gnats and the mosquitoes and so on. I thought, man, okay, it's time to go back. I've had my moment, <laughs> you know. But uh, But of course, they didn't. Uh, they didn't have the option of, okay, now time to go back to the cabin. Uh, they came and and heroically in the midst of hardship, uh, continued to preach the gospel, and then eventually even torture, you know, to uh, towards the people that they were seeking to evangelize. Uh, so I think country, but throughout the Catholic world, we see these incredible gifts. And that's really, I think, how we should see the saints, that they're gifts in, within the family of God, within the body of Christ. Yeah, and we were talking a little bit ago about a patron saint of different things. I was just looking here, St. Gerard, um, I remember, is the patron saint of of mothers who are having difficult births uh, or who are trying to have children and find it difficult. Can you name some other? Uh, well, I, well, I know St. Anthony is for lost uh, items. Lost uh-huh. items. Yeah. Is it Tony, Tony, come around. Something's lost and can't be found. <laughs> oh, I never heard of him actually called Tony before, but yeah. that's, a very, that's on a very casual. personal level. That's right. so. well, I lose a lot of stuff. You know? <laughs> so. But I, I certainly think of like uh, St. Raphael and, and St. Christopher for travels. Mm. Uh, obviously, uh, the Diocese of Charleston is a large geographic area, and, and many of us find ourselves on the road a lot, uh, going from church to church, and so those are frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and St. Jude, of course, is always uh, asked for intercession to the Lord for serious illness or impossible causes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in Italy, actually, their version of St. Jude is St. Rita of Contra. Oh. Okay. Oh, so a she's, lot of times, she's an amazing saint. Wow. Yeah, so she's very close. And, talk, and talk about a mother and then a, then a nun. I mean, it's she. what a life. I, I heard a great sermon on her one time. Wow. 
We've been talking about the, the saints in general. Let's talk a bit about uh, what happened October 11th. A brand new saint in the church, Pope Benedict canonized Father Damien. I believe Molokai. his Father Damien of Molokai, I believe his baptismal name was Joseph, you Joseph, said, Kathy. Yeah. And Father Damien uh, was born in 1840. And he died in 1889. He was famous for having gone over to the island of Molokai, which was then in the kingdom of Hawaii, to, to tend to lepers over there. Something very interesting that I read about Father Damien was that he would pray every day in front of a, a picture of St. Francis Xavier, who was like a mentor to him. Mm. Father St. Francis Xavier was a missionary, and that is what Father Damien had wished to do. So he would pray every day in front of his picture, asking him to intercede for him to Jesus so that Jesus would allow him to become a missionary. And three years later, his prayers were answered when he was sent to Molokai to become a missionary there. But actually, it was his brother Auguste who was supposed to be sent to Hawaii to become a missionary there. But Auguste got sick and couldn't travel, so Damien was sent. And Mm. it's quite amazing (laughs) how the Lord works, you know. I highly recommend this movie. It came out about 10 years ago. It's called The Story of Father Damien. And we actually rented it before my sixth son. Well, that's hard to say. My sixth son was born. We ended up calling him Damien, not necessarily after Father Damien, but I really like the name. The movie is is a very well done movie. It's done reverently. Uh, It shows him struggling with his faith. And one of my favorite scenes and one of the most famous parts of what Father Damien did is at one point he had been on the island without another priest uh, for a long time. So he hadn't been able to go to confession in, I don't know, four or five months. And he really, really wanted to go to confession. And so the boat came to drop off some more patients, but they wouldn't let the passengers off the boat. And I believe a, a bishop or something was on the boat. And so finally, uh, the bishop said, well, you know, they picked a language. It was either Latin or French. I can't remember. And Father Damien made his confession in public across the water while the bishop listened on the boat and gave oh. him absolution. It was <laughs> it was very touching. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> it, was, it was very, very touching and highly recommend that movie. That's a, that's a great way to uh, maybe celebrate that if you, if you can go rent that on Netflix or whatever. Great, great story. You'll love it. I think his life just stands out in, at a time in which we live where Human dignity is is so under attack, and particularly you know those who are sick or vulnerable or who cannot take care of themselves. There's such a tendency in our culture today in the West to just dismiss people. You know, you're not worth it. You're a burden. Outcast not going to put up with you exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know, just just get out of just get out of here. Why are you bothering me? And Father Damien and so many other saints, Elizabeth Teresa of Calcutta, for example who stand as as signs of contradiction mm-hmm. uh, to us, uh, fulfilling the vocation of the Christian, uh, even you know now glorified in heaven, to say, no, wait, everyone has dignity. I tell you what really inspired me in Father Damien's life was that whenever one of the lepers would die, he would have a magnificent funeral for them, mm. as if it were a coronation of a, of a European king, because he said, by our funerals we are showing the dignity of each one of these lepers. Mm. And they have these magnificent funeral celebrations yeah. in order to remind themselves and to show anyone who would listen or, or look that these people with leprosy and sick still have dignity, are still children of God and should be cared for. 
And he is now called the patron saint. Those with HIV and AIDS, because he, these people in our contemporary society are the outcasts of the society. And not only is he the saint of the lepers, but, but of today's. It's interesting that how, what a big role lepers played in the gospel. Yeah. And then they played a, played a big role in the life of St. Francis of Assisi and then Blessed Teresa of Calcutta. Yeah. And uh, so it, it really does show the, the compassion for the poorest of the poor, the most uh, the most downtrodden in our society. Uh, and, and like you said, it elevates. I, I didn't uh, realize that. I, I remember in the movie them doing the funerals and all that. But yes, you're right. They really go all out to show the dignity of the human person despite whatever the external diseases were, you know. Yeah. And, and another thing that's interesting, when he was introduced to the, when he first came to the island and he was introduced by his Monsignor that brought him over there, the way he introduced Father Damien to the people was, this one will be a father to you, you know, in so many ways, not just in the priestly way. And he loves you so much that he does not hesitate to come here to live among you and die with you. You know, and it, it was a death sentence that he willingly took on. And the very first thing that he did was to build the church there on Molokai. And another thing, the very first night, since he had no dwelling, he slept under a tree right there by where he boarded the island. And when he died, that's where they buried him under that tree. <laughs> Just some beautiful things that I picked up from yes. doing a little research about him. And now he's back in, in his own native country of Belgium. Correct. Think, right? You said he's yes. in Louvain. Louvain, yes. Well, very good. We're uh, coming to the end of our first segment here. We've been talking about the lives of the saints. And uh, in our next segment, we're going to pick it up and continue talking about the lives of the saints and our the Christian call to charity that we all have. We'll see you on the other side here. You're listening to Pathways to Rome, starring Father Jeffrey Kirby, along with Kathy Kerfoot and Gus Killo. Pathways to Rome is a Mediatrix radio production and can be heard weekly at this time. If you would like to listen to this show again, our previous broadcast of Pathways to Rome, visit our website, www.catholicradionsc.com. That's catholicradioinsc.com. Pathways to Rome was made possible by donations from Dr. Larry and Iris Minetti, Jim and Jan Carino, Donald and Marilyn Reichert, an anonymous sponsor of Catholic Radio, and contributions from Mediatrix Radio listeners. To learn more about Pathways to Rome or to listen to this or other episodes, Mediatrix Radio's website is www.catholicradioinsc.com. Put the power of video to work for you. Whether it's a short marketing presentation or an hour-long training video, turn to the Emmy Award-winning experts at Extreme Vision Studios. Present your message clearly and concisely. Video allows you to produce your image and gives you a professional look that shines. Call Extreme Vision Studios today for a free consultation. The number is 864-590-9970. That number again is 864-590-9970. Extreme Vision Studios, proud sponsor of South Carolina Catholic Radio. Polydex Screen Corporation, a proud sponsor of Catholic Radio, was founded in Spartanburg in 1978 to manufacture and market modular synthetic screen media in North America, serving the gold, copper, phosphate, and aggregate industries. Polydex strives to honor God in all they do. 
Their phone number is 864-579-4594. They're also on the web at www.polydeckscreen.com. Thomas McAfee Funeral Home, a proud sponsor of Catholic Radio, has been serving the community since 1913. Offering personalized funeral and cremation services, they're committed to serving you and your family with dignity and respect. This family-owned business can be reached at their downtown chapel at 232-6733, or their Northwest Chapel at 294-6415, and they're on the web at www.thomasmcafee.com. AKJ Consulting, a proud sponsor of Catholic Radio, in cooperation with New Way Properties, utilizes years of experience to assist people in finding and acquiring affordable housing in the upstate. They also have a program to assist those in danger of going into foreclosure. For more information, David Case can be reached at 864-430-4877. That's 864-430-4877. There's a new way to get rid of an old car, truck, or gas guzzler. No matter what condition it is in, Catholic Charities will pick it up at home, office, or repair shop and handle all of the paperwork. Catholic Charities is a 501c3 not-for-profit entity associated with the Diocese of Charleston. For more information, Catholic Charities can be reached at 877-885-4483. That's 877-885-GIVE. Or reach them on the web at www.supportcatholiccharities.org. Priest for Life organizes a monthly rosary led by a priest or deacon of the Diocese of Charleston every third Saturday in each month. Members from local parishes gather to pray the rosary from 8 to 9 a.m. at the West Ashley Abortion Facility located at 1312 Ashley River Road. That's at the corner of Highway 61 and Fusler in Charleston. For further information, Stephen Boyle can be reached at 843-763-0681. In these challenging economic times, our taxes are probably going up. In Matthew 22, Jesus says to pay to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. So is it enough to be resigned and pay our taxes while giving our hearts to God? The real question is, how can we give to Caesar in such a way that transforms society for the good of the kingdom? What can we do with our resources and the taxes we pay to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, and serve the least of our brothers that Jesus talks about in Matthew 25? Since after all, it's not our money. I'm Joe Galloway. Pathways to Rome was made possible by donations from Dr. Larry and Iris Minetti, Jim and Jan Carino, Donald and Marilyn Reichert, an anonymous sponsor of Catholic Radio, and contributions from Mediatrics Radio listeners. To learn more about Pathways to Rome or to listen to this or other episodes, Mediatrics Radio's website is www.catholicradioinsc.com. And now we return to Pathways to Rome, starring Father Jeffrey Kirby with Kathy Kerfoot and Gus Killo. Welcome back to the second half of our show today. We're talking about the saints, the saints in our lives, Catholic intercession to saints, and the role that saints play as we look to them as our mentors, as we look to them that they've 
followed Christ, and, and we want to follow in their footsteps to Christ. So welcome back, guys. Hey, good to be back. We were, in our last segment, we were discussing the recent canonization of Father Damien, and, and let's talk a little bit more about his life, his life as a missionary to the lepers on Molokai. Father, before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about the canonization process. We talked at the beginning about how his canonization was October 11, 2009, so let's talk a little bit about the Catholic process of that. Oh, and it's a very extensive process, Kathy, because, you know, the church wants to be very uh, meticulous and, and very sure whenever she holds up any member of the faithful as a model, as an intercessor, as a help, as a mentor to, to the Christian faithful in general. And so there are actually four steps in this whole process, if you can imagine. Uh, the first one is on the diocesan level, the local level, it can be done by a diocese or by a religious order. And they basically begin to explore, is there enough here in this person's life, in his or her writings, in their life of virtue and so on, to merit this mm -hmm. this case? And then, more importantly, is there a cult, which means a following, that this person touched? You know, so, for example, members of the faithful who are very close to this saint or want to be saint, and are they praying to him? Is there a devotion on the local level? Uh, to this person. That's very important uh, at the initial part of this, of the process. And if that's the case, then it begins in the diocese. It goes from servant of God to then venerable. Okay. Venerable means that they've now taken the next step, means Rome has tentatively looked things over, things look good. And so now begins the difficult process, which is further investigation. Exactly. Yes. Where they begin to look at the writings, the person's life, they call in witnesses. They, isn't, isn't that called devil's advocate or something? There actually are, are people, normally a particular person, whose job is to look and scrutinize everything that has been said and to look for loopholes or for cracks in, in the presentation or possible vices or things that have not been disclosed. And that person's task is to evaluate. Mm. In addition to all of that, there is then a petition for miracles. Mm -hmm. Do we have any evidence that this person is in heaven? Have they answered any prayers? Are there any miracles that have been granted in this particular person's name? And so that is all done. If a miracle is granted, at least one that can be validated by medicine, by the church, and so on, and things, the investigation looks good, then the person is beatified. And beatification can be universal, but normally it's a beatification for a particular area. So, for example, Blessed Terry Tekawitha, one of the Native American saints in the United States and Canada, is a local blessing oh, because it's, it's, wow. it's territorial in the sense hmm. of this particular region. Many saints, many holy people actually stop at that level. So we have many blesseds in the history of the church where they've just been blessed and there's been no need and the church has saw no need to continue that process. Most, however, particularly in our day and age, We'll then move on. So another miracle is needed. Further investigation for a universal following. Does this person need to be elevated to the point of universal status and so on? And if that's the case, and if a miracle can be validated and so on, then the person is canonized. And all of canonization, the word itself mean, means is that they've been put on the list, the canon. Uh -huh. Canon, of course, simply means list, the uh -huh. official list yes. of those that we know with moral certainty that this person is in heaven because of the miracles granted, because of the heroic virtue displayed in their lives, because of the edification or encouragement of their writings and so on. We can now say with security, using the church's authority given to her by Christ, guided by the power of the Holy Spirit, that this person is in heaven 
can be sought for heavenly assistance. Their life can be used as a model for Christian discipleship. And that's the whole process. And sometimes these can take Years. extensive, yeah. I mean, centuries. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and that doesn't mean that there aren't more people than just the saints in heaven. Everybody else is uh, in purgatory or something like that. No, I mean, it, I believe it is possible for us to, to go straight to heaven afterwards. And of course, everybody who is in heaven is, is a saint, mm-hmm. uh, but not necessarily canonized saint. That's, that's the role of that's our true. call to charity. You know, we all want to be saints. We're all called to be saints. We're all called to be saints. And and ultimately, you know, it's the the gift of God who grants us final perseverance. But we have to pray for that. In fact, our family prays for that just about every rosary we say. We we pray for the gift of final perseverance because it's a gift. It's gratuitous. God does not have to give it, but he will give it infallibly if you ask for it. That's right. So it's, it's all dependent on God, but yet we have to voluntarily ask for it. And we can all be saints. Well, and, and it's worth saying, even the obvious, that as members of the baptized, anyone who has been baptized is holy. Mm-hmm. And as St. Paul would constantly, in his letters, especially Romans chapter 6, where he would say, basically, become what you are. Right. Yes. You have been made holy in Christ. Now live up to it. Yeah. Exactly. You have been baptized. Mm-hmm. You have been sanctified. You are a saint. Now you mm-hmm. have to live. Mm-hmm. You so have I to live it. Continue. In his letters to the Ephesians, when St. Paul refers to the, the upward calling that we have received in Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's just a, a powerful uh, summary there, the upward calling that we have. We are saints on account of our baptism, confirmation, reception of the other sacraments, these radical encounters with Christ. But we're also called then to allow that grace to be integrated and to show that in our life of prayer, our life of virtue, our Christian charity. Humility. So <laughs> yes, yeah. well, that, that's it. Like, like going back to what I said in the previous segment, humility is, is the key virtue. I mean, many saints excelled in one thing or another, but thread, the common thread between all the saints is humility. There's nobody in heaven who is not humble. And that simply means knowing where you stand before God. Mm-hmm. And the opposite is, is pride, of course. Yeah. Is, well, I was going to say, we're very proud of the saints. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, Mary is the most humble of the saints. And yet in her Magnificat, you know, she says, all generations will call me blessed, but she's being absolutely humble there. Yes. She's not saying, oh, look how great I am. Everybody's going to praise me. No, she's just acknowledging, look at the what the Almighty has done for me. For me, just, someone you know, so lowly. And only yeah. someone as humble as she could have expressed the Magnificat the way she did in, in Luke's gospel there. Yeah, beautiful. You, yeah. the, the, the call that we have received, our identity, uh, that upward calling that we're called to live out uh, as saints, uh, then helps us then to understand that there are members of the faithful who have accomplished that by the grace of God uh, in this life and stand as these, the saints, when we speak of mm-hmm. these holy ones, you know. And, and oftentimes we miss it. In, in English, saint is simply a derivative of sanctus, mm-hmm. which is holy, the sancti, the holy ones. Right. And sometimes it's almost like to almost not use the word saint and mm-hmm. just refer to the holy ones of God, because it helps us to understand what we are saying, what we mean when we speak of the saints. Yes. Know? I'll tell you, the church takes it so importantly, though. Uh, earlier we were speaking about the whole process and procedure and so on, that the Pope, we can call it his cabinet, we use the term curia, he has these chief departments that are called congregations. And there's an entire congregation for the causes of the saints mm. that is uh, led and, and directed and supervised by a cardinal prefect. So a cardinal who just has the task with his extensive staff to evaluate these processes on that are coming from all over the Catholic world based on local efforts, local devotions to a particular holy one, 
of God. And so he sits there and this whole process, and obviously, while his staff might be extensive, it's obviously limited. We're speaking mm. of the universal church. And the church is in no rush. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the they're church is in no rush. They're not in any rush, but didn't Pope John Paul II. <laughs> say, yeah. The saint maker. Yeah, the saint That's maker. Right. How right. many saints? He made more saints, more canonized saints, so, yeah. since the process was, was established than all the other popes united, yeah. combined. You know, and uh, and you can just imagine over 250 saints were made by this one man. In fact, towards the end of his life, in one of the meetings with the cardinals, one of the cardinals pointed out to him that maybe we need to stop this because the liturgical <laughs> calendar is getting yeah, so yeah. full with There's all not these enough days. days you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and John Paul's very humble. You know, we go back to humility. His very humble response was, are you saying that there are too many saints? Yeah. <laughs> we need more. Our world needs more saints. and. I happen to be very attracted to St. Alphonsus de Liguori, but in the beginning when I started reading him, I said, man, he's hardcore. And the more I read him, the more I realized, oh, he's he an amazing saint. He writes so beautifully. So I'm attracted to that spirituality of, of that era. But I know, for example, St. Maximilian Kolbe from the, the yes. 20th century, uh, many people have a devotion to him when his feast day was uh, not too long ago. Yes, a lot of holy ones. And, and I'll tell you, in the you know recent book, we mentioned in a previous show that I had the humble opportunity to publish and <laughs> and, uh, and throw out there a, a few thoughts, hopefully, that, that would be helpful. We speak about, and, and the book addresses, you know, the presence of the saints, particularly in St. Peter's Basilica, but also it's just in our daily lives that so oftentimes I think people today, the contemporary person walks around very lonely, either because they have bought into a way of life that is very empty and meaningless. It's all about me. It's about my rights, about my accomplishments and so on. And, and they begin to feel the consequences of that philosophy of life, which is a very lonely existence. But as Christians, we say, you know, first of all, it's not all about us. It's about living for other people, living for God and serving Him. And when we're living that way of life and we open our eyes, then we're able to see what the body of Christ truly is and that we never walk alone. I think of Pope Benedict XVI when he was first made Pope in his first Mass as Pope. In his homily, he says, I am not alone. I am here united by the saints, you know, and I'm united with you. Pray for me, yeah. you know, and he immediately called us to, to the body of Christ, yeah. you know. I mentioned this book, and I know we've talked about it and, and so on. It's, you know, it, the, the title is Encountering the Lord in His Holy Court, mm -hmm. you know, a, a walk through St. Peter's Basilica. And that really is what each of us are called to do. And these holy ones, these saints, they encountered the Lord in His Holy Court, were empowered and, and strengthened and graced there and then went out and they did it. Father well, Damien went out to Hawaii and, and he did it. And you know? said walking, you know, if you think back to the Genesis, Adam walked in the garden with, with God, walking, walking with God. The saints walk with God. Every day. And so you, you, can, <laughs> yes. you can just imagine they're walking next to you. Sometimes I do that. I always try to imagine my guardian angel. We all, each of us, every single human being that's ever lived has, mm -hmm. has a guardian angel. Um, that's right. So I, you're I never alone. And I also think, think of Abraham sitting there and, and having a meal with God, yeah. you know, such a beautiful prefigurement of the Eucharist. And Abraham himself, God telling him, those who call you blessed will be blessed and those who curse you will be cursed. And, and throughout the scriptures with the patriarchs, the matriarchs, with the prophets, we see that, that the holy ones who sought to follow God, God was able to work. God was able to accomplish great things and they were with him. Yes. So, so even in the midst of horrible tragedy or difficulty, to think of, of the loneliness and the struggle that Father Damien might have experienced mm -hmm. 
in Hawaii in a leper community. Uh, that powerful story where he began his ministry by saying, you lepers. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of his ministry, he said, we lepers. Mm-hmm. Because right. he, had he contracted the disease. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, first, obviously, in his heart, his heart had been expanded right. by his love for them. But also, he had contracted the disease of leprosy by ministering to them. You know? yeah. And yet, in the midst of all that, he was walking with them. Right. And he saw... Christ in each one of those people, and that's the way Mother Teresa said right, the each distressing person. distressing disguise of the poor, right? Yeah, exactly. she saw Christ in each of them. How could you turn their, your back on them? And that's the call to charity. And, and, you know, a saint is, if we want to be saints, what we really have to do is we have to want what God wants. We have to do the will of God. I was, just, yeah, I well, know I was just reading a, a spiritual classic written by a German called Heliotropium, which means sunflower. And the sunflower always follows God. But I read it. There was an old German saying that if we do what we're supposed to do, then God will do what we want. In other words, the more we conform ourselves to the will of God, the the more that's when miracles happen. I mean, the saints were able to work miracles because their will was so united to God. And I, I remember a story of like these nuns went up to St. Charles Borromeo, I believe it was, and they're like, he was a um, archbishop or cardinal in Milan, I believe. Please, here's here's an empty book. Please write a book on how we can get to heaven. How can we be saints? And it was an empty book. And apparently he returned it to them the very next day. And they're like, what? And they opened it up. There are only two words in it. And it said, will it? Wow. (laughs) If you want to be a saint, you can be a saint. And Well, I often think of St. Faustina, who was one of our our first saints. In fact, she was actually the first saint of the 21st century. And John Paul specifically planned that. Of course, uh, St. Faustina's writings were all about the Mm -hmm. divine mercy. And he said, we need to usher in the third Christian millennium with the announcement of mercy. Mm-hmm. And of course, she is hailed as the apostle of mercy. But Sister Faustina in her writings, uh, St. Faustina, she says, you know, God is so desperate. God is so desperate for anyone who will let him work. And and she says, look at me. She says, I, I'm nothing. I, I'm a poor nun. Uh, I don't have a lot of education. I don't have powerful friends. Uh, I, I'm really no one. And yet, look at what God has been able to accomplish simply because I told him yes. God is so desperate, he'll turn anyone into a great saint. I like, I like that. God, God, is, God desperate. is so desperate. I mean, right. Um, you know, that is like St. Peter and just the humanity that kept getting in the way there. And, and God, Just a humble fisherman. Yeah, you know? but he molds us like a potter. Yes. You know, Isaiah oh. is a potter. Well, I think also is, you know, the story of St. John Bosco is also uh, another saint that's very close to my heart. His feast day is uh, January 31st and is one of the patron saints of, of young people. And John Bosco, early in his life, as he was entering his priestly ministry, he had the image of these humanoid monsters oh, yeah. and, and so on. And, and he asked God, he said, who, who are these? He says, God tells him, you know, these are the street children that you will save, you know. Mm-hmm. And John Bosco does a phenomenal work. He establishes oratories and homes and workshops. And he does all kinds of great things in order to, to save, rescue young people from the streets and a life of, of immoral living and so on. Towards the end of his life, however, even John Bosco, the great John Bosco, he has another vision, and he has shown this long line of these angelic children mm. dressed in white. And he asks the Lord, he says, who are these? And the Lord says, those are the ones I, w- I was able to save because you trusted me. Wow. But in the same dream, he looks over and he still sees some of these humanoid monsters. And he says, who are those? Who are those? And God says, the Lord Jesus tells him, those are the ones I couldn't save because you didn't trust me more. Ouch. Ooh. That's you know? painful. <laughs> so, you know, it's like if we just trust God and let him work mm-hmm. in us and through us. Padre Pio used to say, another one of our saints, 
more recent, uh, also you know late twentieth uh, century, early twenty first century. Padre Pio, when they asked him, of course, he had the stigmata, the, the wounds of Christ on his hands and his side and feet, and also a great miracle worker. They asked him, they said, Padre Pio, what does it feel like that God is doing all these incredible things through you? Padre Pio said, you know, he says, I stand as a, wit a witness, myself amazed at what God does through me. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. If we just trust and let God work. He's so desperate to make all of it, well, any of us great saints. Doesn't St. Saint Paul say we make up what's lacking in the body of Christ? I mean, uh, God's salvation is universal, but the saints on earth and the saints in heaven, we have to draw it down. We have to ask for it by our freely asking and freely taking, reaching into the treasury of graces. And so when someone prays for us, I, I'm always thinking, yes, I'm going to draw those graces down. Uh, it's my job. To, to do that and likewise to ask for prayers to keep drawing on that because uh, even though salvation is universal we have to make it specific to us we have to That's ask right. for that right. um, and you know I, I say Dusty you speak about you know this is something that we're, we're called to do as Christians and I want to stress too that as members of the body of Christ as, as baptized believers that that's a power we also mm -hmm. receive yeah and that's a power that had to be bought mm -hmm. by, the by the blood that, of Christ that I can actually pray for someone and I have the power in Christ to change hearts, to bring hope, to allow for healing. That's a power we have as Christian believers. Mm -hmm. And I don't think a lot of us really do much with it. I, I think we're called to do more, which is maybe what St. Faustina meant when she said God's desperate. Right. For people who are willing to go out and be hands and feet of mercy, of forgiveness, of goodness, and so on, to, to really reflect the love of God in the midst of fallen humanity. And God, God waits on us, you know, and respects our free will. You know, that, that image of classical image of Christ standing at the door and knocking, and there's no door handle on the outside. The handle's on the inside. I never noticed yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. God respects our freedom so much. And like a father, he's begging like the, the father in the story of the prodigal son. You know, he sees him from a distance, and he's like, oh, yes, he's coming home. <laughs> and, right, right. and God's rooting for us. And we, and we have to realize that our salvation, it's so much safer if we put it in God's hands and say, you want me to be saved even more than I want to be saved. That's what it means to be a saint. And, you know, we're not saved until we're saved. That's, that's a, sometimes a question that's brought up. Are you saved? I, I had a theology teacher in grad school, Mark Lowry at University of Dallas, who was asked that question. He goes, well, I don't know about that, but I know I'm redeemed. So in other words, we're not saved till we're saved. We have the, the firm hope. And we mm -hmm. have to we have to have that hope that, that we will be saved. We're told to persevere, and the saints are the ones who persevered, and we hold them up as as heroes to, to emulate. And I think it's exactly that lesson, Gus, that Pope Benedict was stressing in his second encyclical, Space Salvi, uh, saved in hope. You know, that's oftentimes uh, we want to replace hope with certainty or hope with human conviction. And, and St. Paul reminds us, and Pope Benedict in our day has reminded us, that we are saved in hope, mm -hmm. yes. in hope. You know, it is not something that we give to ourselves. It's not something that we have human security in. You know, like, this is going to happen because I did this. And right. I, it's, it's not about I. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's hope. It's hope in God. And we make a choice every day if we're going to be exactly. saved that day or not. Well, all our hope in God, all our trust in God. Well, very good. Uh, we're getting towards the end of our show here, and we've been talking about the saints. We've been talking about Father Damien, who was uh, canonized on October 11th. Really glad you could join us today. And again, thank you, Father. Thank you, Kathy, for coming. We enjoyed it. Father, we'd like to end with your blessing, please. Sounds good. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to pour out your blessing upon us, on all our listeners. 
We ask you to help us to understand our call, our identity as holy ones, our upper calling to live out that vocation of being holy, reflecting your love and your will in our lives and to those around us. We ask you to fill our hearts with a greater desire for holiness, to truly be your saints in the midst of our world. And we ask you for your help, and we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. You've been listening to Pathways to Rome, starring Father Jeffrey Kirby, along with Kathy Kerfoot and Gus Killo. Pathways to Rome is a Mediatrix radio production and can be heard weekly at this time. For more information about this show, or if you would like to listen to previous broadcasts, visit our website, www.catholicradioinsc.com That's catholicradioinsc.com Thanks for listening, and God bless. Pathways to Rome was made possible by donations from Dr. Larry and Iris Minetti, Jim and Jan Carino, Donald and Marilyn Reichert, an anonymous sponsor of Catholic Radio, and contributions from Mediatrix Radio listeners. To learn more about Pathways to Rome or to listen to this or other episodes, Mediatrix Radio's website is www.catholicradioinsc.com. Perpetual Novena in honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, kindle us in the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same Spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray, pray for us who have recourse to you. The Memorare. Remember, O most compassionate Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your assistance, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, we fly unto you, O Virgin of virgins, our Mother. To you we come, before you we kneel, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency, hear and answer them. Amen. Prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe. O Virgin Immaculate, Mother of the true God and Mother of the Church, you who manifest such kindness and compassion to all who seek your protection. Hear the prayer that we pour out to you with childlike confidence. Present it to your Son, Jesus, our sole Redeemer, Mother of Mercy, who have taught us hidden and silent sacrifice, and who come to meet us, sinners that we are. On this day, we consecrate to you our entire being and love, our life, our labor, our joys, illnesses, and pain. We wish to be yours totally and to walk with you in the way of complete fidelity 
to Jesus Christ and his church. Do not release us from your loving hand. Our Lady of Guadalupe, Mother of the Americas, pray for us. Amen. Put the power of video to work for you. Whether it's a short marketing presentation or an hour-long training video, turn to the Emmy Award-winning experts at Extreme Vision Studios. Present your message clearly and concisely. Video allows you to produce your image and gives you a professional look that shines. Call Extreme Vision Studios today for a free consultation. The number is 864-590-9970. That number again is 864-590-9970. Extreme Vision Studios, proud sponsor of South Carolina Catholic Radio. Polydex Screen Corporation, a proud sponsor of Catholic Radio, was founded in Spartanburg in 1978 to manufacture and market modular synthetic screen media in North America, serving the gold, copper, phosphate, and aggregate industries. Polydex strives to honor God in all they do. Their phone number is 864-579-4594. They're also on the web at www.polydexscreen.com. Thomas McAfee Funeral Home, a proud sponsor of Catholic Radio, has been serving the community since 1913. Offering personalized funeral and cremation services, they're committed to serving you and your family with dignity and respect. This family-owned business can be reached at their downtown chapel at 232-6733, or their Northwest Chapel at 294-6415, and they're on the web at www.thomasmcafee.com. AKJ Consulting, a proud sponsor of Catholic Radio, in cooperation with New Way Properties, utilizes years of experience to assist people in finding and acquiring affordable housing in the upstate. They also have a program to assist those in danger of going into foreclosure. For more information, David Case can be reached at 864-430-4877. That's 864-430-4877. In John 6, 1 through 13, Jesus takes five loaves and two fish and feeds 5,000. So how does this relate to financial stewardship? Look at the boy in the story. What if the kid had said, I made this bread, I caught the fish, they're mine. But instead the boy gave what he had, his food, and Jesus used the boy's resources to perform a miracle. What miracle is Jesus waiting to perform with the resources you share? Because after all, it's not your money. I'm Joe Galloway. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, And she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh, and and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that That we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, 
that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, made by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Hello, I'm Father Jeff Kirby. Thank you for listening to WCKI 1300 AM, Greer, and to WQIZ 810 AM, St. George, Charleston. Hello, my name is Father Owen Kearns. I'm from the National Catholic Register, and whenever I'm down in this area of the South, I just love listening to Catholic Radio on WCKI 1300 AM and WQIZ 810 AM.